Have you ever super liked someone on Tinder? No, because I find them to be very thirsty. Sometimes it made me feel like flattered, but then other times I was like, oh, well, like they only have one a day. I have accidentally super liked because I was trying to change the volume on my iPhone. I've never super liked anyone who didn't already super like me because I think that would look a little needy. It's never anybody normal. It's always somebody really weird. Like you just got to trust in the process. Welcome to Why'd You Push That Button? I'm Ashley Carmen. I'm Caitlin Tiffany. And this is our first show. Super exciting. Yeah. Yay. Yippee. You made it. <laughs> so on this show, we are going to be talking about, this is our this is our go-to phrase, the choices technology forces us to make, which we realize is a very abstract phrase, but it means a lot to us. Yeah, it's everything to me. So our goal with this podcast is to analyze the tiny decisions that we often make using technology. We probably don't even realize we're making them because they're simple features that product designers often put in that don't obviously seem like a decision you'd have to make. But oftentimes these decisions, whether you realize it or not, have huge social ramifications. They can change how people see you. They can make people think differently of you, things like that. Yeah. So every episode, we're going to Pick one decision that you make with a gadget or an app or whatever electronics are lying around your house. And we're going to talk to people who have made the choice and how they make it and how they think about it. So that's going to be our friends, our coworkers, strangers on the street, your average Joes and Janes. Regular users. Yeah. And then we're going to go find some real experts. So the product designers who made these features, as well as experts in like sociology or other relevant fields who have studied these things and know a lot more about the motives behind these choices and the consequences of them. On this first episode, we are talking about super likes on Tinder. So Tinder's a, a dating app where you're you're a little per, a little baseball card. If someone likes you, they swipe right. If they don't like you, they swipe left. If they super like you, they swipe up. And swiping up means that the person who you swiped up on or super liked will see that you liked them before they decide whether to swipe left or right on you. So in theory, it gives you that advantage because you're telling a person, hey, I like you. You're skipping the line. You get bumped up to the front of their baseball card And they deck. also get a notification that you super liked them. And you only have one per day or more, but you have to pay for them. So it's a weighty decision. It's not something you do without thinking about it. And we're going to unpack the perception from the other side. Like, What does it feel like to get a super like? Personally, I don't like it. It makes me feel uncomfortable. I think it like kind of destroys the illusion of Tinder as a place where people are actually looking at the bios and actually reading about you. If you're super liking someone based on what you see there, it's kind of like, I don't know. You don't have enough information to super like me. Like, you just don't. So it's weird. It's a little creepy. I love that you question people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if someone super likes me. Go for it. Have fun. But it is not going to make me more likely to swipe right on you. I know whether I'm attracted to you or not. And I oftentimes, when I use Tinder, would be able to pick out someone I'm into. If they super like me, awesome. That makes me feel extra good. But if they don't, then whatever. Ashley is no nonsense all the time. Yeah. No no games here. <laughs> uh, so you talked to your friend Matt and a completely anonymous man that we found somewhere. But my name is Matt and everyone at this company is going to know. Yes, I talked to Matt and Matt is a reformed super liker. The only times I've super liked, I'm not proud of it necessarily. He claims his first time super liking someone was accidentally. <clears throat> the first time I realized what a super like was, was because I did it by accident. And then we matched and it was very awkward. Yeah. 
who knows if that's true. Although <laughs> we have heard that from multiple people we've talked to, not on the podcast, but in general. Sure. I like mean, Paul Miller, who works at The Verge, he mentioned on The Verge cast, another one of our podcasts, that he has accidentally super liked someone. It was very awkward for him. Sure. Yes. Okay. Well, whatever. I can believe Matt accidentally super liked someone. After he did the accidental super like, did he experiment with using them intentionally? Well, so then he started using them intentionally. I tried a couple other times with girls that I knew I just wasn't going to match with either way. So it's like, so like a quote unquote out of your league. Yeah. I mean, I would like to think not. Okay. They might have been literal models. I never heard from them again. And he started to get the feeling that perhaps this was a creepy move. It's just a little much. It's It's a little intense. And then he got super liked himself. Someone super liked him. My hypothesis was substantiated. It was creepy. He sort of alluded to this idea of a power dynamic. Like it feels a little bit too thirsty or it just puts the person who super likes you a little bit below you because they want you so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I spoke to my friend Rachel, who I know from college. Are you going to go to Sam's party tomorrow? Are you having a party? Oh, no. And she's always been the first on every dating app. I prefer Bumble, but I use both. She has it down to an art, honestly. We lived together for a year, and this is going to sound bad, but I don't think that she bought herself a meal the entire year we lived together. She really nailed it. She nailed it. So I talked to her about super likes, and she kind of said something similar. Like, I don't know. When I'm sitting through, like, and I see these people like me, I'm just like, it almost turns me off. And I don't know why that is, but I guess, like, that's just the old, you want what you can't have. Like, being wanted by someone is not cool. You want to have to wonder a little. Yeah, I think there has to be a little bit of question, Mm -hmm. questioning. Although, again, I have dated someone who super liked me. Not for that long, maybe like three months, but I still did it. Yeah. It didn't totally ruin our relationship. Well, also, like, when I asked Rachel the question, as soon as you ask, like, have you super liked before? They are, like, immediately defensive. I've done it so many times by accident because the interface is different. So, like, on Bumble, you can swipe up to see more photos. On Tinder, swiping up super likes. So a lot of times I feel really badly because I accidentally super like people. <laughs> like, something has taught us all that super likes are a little weird. And I yeah. think it's just, like, the norm now is that, like, you have to be, like chill and you're not supposed to be like eager and like Mm -hmm. it really makes people feel weird if you are for me i think the super super likes are weird just because like everybody looks stupid with that dumb blue filter over their faces but (laughs) true and also again you know if you want to like someone or not regardless of the super like if you're into their vibe you're into their vibe regardless of the super like Mm -hmm. i don't think anyone's like oh, he or she super liked me i should just give him a right swipe to be nice yeah like that's just not gonna happen yeah, too. When I'm super liked, I look at it as almost like, based on what? I guess if somebody came up to me in a bar and was like very into me and like very clearly interested, I'd be like, what's wrong with this person? Like, they are already immediately like super interested in me. So I guess like it translates to the internet too. Like, why are you super interested in me? You don't know anything about me. And I feel like people know that. They're like, that's creepy. It's creepy. It's a yeah. little creepy. So we are now going to take this conversation to an expert, a man named Nick Soretsky, who is the director of product development at OkCupid. OkCupid doesn't have any sort of super like super swipe feature, mm-hmm. but they are owned by the same company as Tinder. Oh, my so God. So I can imagine that. I'm sure they've talked about super likes and whether that fits into OkCupid's branding and if that's a good 
move for them to include this feature. So we're going to talk to them. OkCupid does a lot of research. We're also going to see kind of get a peek into their discussions, why they aren't including it, what they think about the product. I am really excited about this. Honestly. Yeah, I, think it's I need cool. to hear the research yes. because obviously, as we have just confirmed with anecdotal evidence, super likes don't help anyone, and OkCupid yeah. has the receipts. <laughs> Okay, so we are back. We're here with Nick Soretsky, Director of Product at OKCupid. Hey, Nick. Hey, how's it going? Good. Thanks for coming in. Caitlin's here, too. Yes, hello. Nick, can you tell us what you do at OKCupid? Obviously, we have your title, but like, what does that mean? Sure. So at OKCupid, the Director of Product is effectively working with the CEO and the other product thinkers at the company. We're trying to figure out what the next big thing is going to be, and then we're working with the development team and the designers to bring that stuff to life. So, as you know, this podcast is about super likes. And OkCupid does not have super likes. That's right. But we're hoping you can shed some light on the situation anyway. Yeah. Like, has the super like come up in meetings, product meetings? And then what are those meetings like? Have you tried to build out a super like for OkCupid? Or have you considered adding this functionality? Yeah, that's a great question. It's true. I spend a lot of time staring at dating apps. I've checked out Tinder, Bumble, uh, the whole lot of them. And when Tinder came out with a super like, we actually went to the drawing board and we came up with our own version of a super like. We we had some mocks of it. We were playing with it. We were thinking about it. And we're kind of turning it over in our hands and we realized, you know, this thing works for Tinder. It works well for them. But it doesn't feel like an OkCupid feature. And as we started thinking about why is it that a super like doesn't make sense for OkCupid, we realized that on OkCupid we already have something that works like a super like only better and it's called a message. So the reason why super like works on Tinder is because you're swiping right, you're swiping left on people. There's no way for you to reach across to that person and say, hey, I am uniquely interested in you. It's not just a regular right swipe. This is like a super right swipe. I'm really into you. We have so much in common. But on OkCupid, you have this big, rich profile. You've got photos with comments on them. You've got essays. You've got questions with answers. There's so much to go on. So for us, the, the super like on OkCupid is really sending the first message. Okay, so I'm going to ask you, I guess, like what your personal feeling of a super like is, because in another of the interviews that we did with my friend from college, she said, like, when I do it, I feel like it's cute. I feel like playful. But when she gets one, it's kind of this like knee jerk reaction of like, oh, gross. Like, why are you already so interested in me? You don't know me at all. So I, I guess I, I understand the difference between like why there aren't super likes on OkCupid, but I'd love to know if you think the super like just with your personal expertise is a good idea for Tinder. And if you also like I'm curious to know what you mean by it works for them. I think what works about the super like is you'd like to express a significant interest in someone, right? You don't want to just be heaped in with the pile of other options. You want to say, you know, out of everyone I think I'm going to see on Tinder today, you're my favorite. Mm -hmm. Right. And sort of the clever thing, so one form of works for them is going to be you get one a day for free. And then if you're on like the paid versions of Tinder, you get uh, five. So when you receive one, you think, oh, I was their favorite for the day. But you don't actually know who you're going to see later. Like I don't think people stop after they super like someone. I think they keep going. I think why it doesn't feel good on the receiving end, though, is that you haven't had that shared context yet. You haven't had like a real meet cute. Right. You're you're just kind of reinforcing the thing that you're using 
when you swipe right and left. So predominantly, that's a big photo, right? Every year, the photos get bigger on Tinder. They want them to be clearer and larger. Uh, and then you've oh, got wow. age, location, some like basics for where you work and if you have like friends in common. But you're super liking that, right? So something we like to think about for OkCupid okay is when you receive like uh, a hey as a first message, it's really below your expectations because you already put so much else out there. Like you're putting in more work to your profile because you don't want to get haze back. You want to get something kind of more substantial. Um, kind of the gold standard for us is that we want introducing people online on a dating app to feel like how you would actually introduce your friend to someone else who's looking, right? Mm -hmm. So you wouldn't say, hey, like, here's the photos. Let's, like, swipe through on my phone, check out these photos of her. By the way, she's this age and, you know. Two miles away. Seven years ago. (laughs) Seven years ago, she liked a couple pages on Facebook. Here's the ones that those are. (laughs) Um, You would actually want to bring up the best elements about someone. So uh, double take, which is where you're swiping right and left on people on OkCupid, is designed to do that. We like highlight things we call compatibilities. And then again, we're just trying to get you to send not a hey, kill the hey. We want you to send like a considered that icebreaker moment, right? Your, your first impression. We want you to have the best first impression, both on like the receiving side of here's our compatibilities, here's something interesting about the person, you can read about them, and then also on the sending side, that your first impression to them is as good as possible. So like, I guess... The key difference that I feel like I'm maybe imagining in my mind, but I feel like Tinder's algorithm, like the way that it serves you to people, it's pretty much like a hot or not ranking. I mean, they score people based on how many right swipes they get. And if we're all being like honest, the swipes are based on appearance. So when you super like someone, correct me if I'm wrong, Tinder has to like kind of override that algorithm and serve you to the person you super liked, correct? Yeah, exactly. So I can kind of show you the OkCupid like behind the curtain where we have to do things, the algorithms that go into this work. So if you have a stack of people, you know, we're in New York City, there's tens of thousands of OkCupid users here. So if you sign up, we have to figure out who to show you and not just in general, but who comes first, like who's at the front of that line, who's the best possible match. So we're looking at all the different factors, like someone's age, the age range you're looking for, your gender, your orientation, the answers to questions, all these different factors. And We're also factoring in things like if someone liked you, that's a sign that they want to connect with you. So that person should come up closer to the front of the line. And if they sent you a message, well, that's great. That's even more interest. They should come up even further up in the line, right? Mm -hmm. So if we think about the Tinder use case, it's the same thing, but they don't have quite as much to go on. So they're using using your attractiveness, which is based on the number of swipes you get and the ratio of your swipes. Uh, They're using things like, did someone already swipe right on you? Because of course they want more matches, like that's what everyone's here for. But then if I super like someone, so I'm like uh, your friend you mentioned earlier, they super like models. Well, from the model's experience, they would like to see other models, right? They want to see at least model-esque people. And that's probably what makes the most sense for their line of people. But if someone super likes them, well, Tinder's kind of obligated to provide some value to that super liker. People aren't going to keep paying for this feature if they're not ever getting any matches out of it, right? So they're going to move you up to the front of the line, which is going to change the experience from the receiver's perspective, right? I am just like a little bit wondering if super likes are like not only putting people into like whatever, the the model sphere, the model pool that they wouldn't swipe right on, but also like the people who are spending money on super likes are like wasting their money on the models. And like, for, so for both of them, they're like missing connections of people they might actually connect with. Right. And And not that everybody, maybe not everybody uses super likes for aspirational swiping. Everybody we've spoken to said they did it by accident. (laughs) 
Except for our one friend, Matt, who said he had a hypothesis that it was creepy. But then he was like, I'm going to keep using it. And then he got super like, and was like, yeah, it's creepy. I'm never using it again. But I mean, I don't think you would have the answer to this, Nick, but I'm just going like totally dystopian here. For some reason, I keep thinking of casinos because it's gamified, right? Like they want to keep you using the slot machine. So they throw you a few coins here and there to keep making you think like, oh, you're going to win big if you keep going. And they identify people who have these tendencies because they have like rewards points and things like that. Anyway, I just keep thinking of like if it's possible that Tinder could identify someone who maybe is more likely to spend money on a super like. Like, Caitlin and I have never paid money to use a super like. So they probably have pegged us as like, okay, they're maybe not going to spend money. But there might be someone out there who has spent at least $5. And they're like, okay, we should keep surfacing hot people for them, or as many as we can find, to get them to keep using this. I don't know. I just feel like there's some other... We might be getting into conspiracy. Yeah, we're getting a little conspiracy, but (laughs) it is possible that they could do that, maybe. Well, if we take the casino uh, conspiracy theory to the next step, You have to win sometimes, right? And you might not need to net a gain, but feeling like you're clawing your way back in some sense is going to keep you addicted. And I don't want to speak to, like, the success of Superlex on Tinder. Um, They say they significantly increase your odds of getting a match. Let's just take that at face value. But you're still going to have to use it judiciously, right? Like, if you go to the club and you get bottle service, like, it may make you more attractive to some people and less attractive to others. But it doesn't necessarily mean that just some random person is suddenly going to start attracting model-esque people, right? And it's kind of the same with the swiping in general on Tinder. Like if you only swipe right on models and you swipe left on everyone else, you're probably not going to get any matches, but you may still be addicted to Tinder even though you're not getting any real connections out of that. And it's probably the same for the super like it. It may improve your odds, but it's not going to actually totally change the game. I would imagine there's a judicious use of super likes that that makes sense for people. But if the perception of them is that when you receive one that it's creepy or feels off-putting or like pushes guilt on the recipient, then then no, you definitely shouldn't use them. <laughs> this brings me to my design question for you, though, which is like, I think that the blue gradient over someone's face just looks really dumb. And like the bouncing blue star, or whatever. I just think it like looks nuts. And like part of the reason that I wouldn't swipe right on someone who had super like me is because their pictures would look better without the gradient. What are your thoughts on gradients? Yeah. Uh, Rowan, if you're listening to this, I'm going to rep gradients right now. Uh, Rowan's a new designer we hired recently. We like just a touch of gradient. We think that's going to make a comeback. I know everyone's all flat right now. Uh-huh. Uh, I think a lot of people are kind of just broadly following like what iOS does, like iOS 7, 8, 9 every year. The font weights get a little bit heavier and then... As of 10 and 11, now you have like massive, chunky, like block lettering on tons of stuff. Whoa. I think a little gradient goes a long way, and a lot of gradient is uh, no thanks. <laughs> but you don't think that that actually affects people swiping right or left? I'm just being a, a weirdo. I mean, if it looks, if it makes you look tawdry, if it turns your card into like a personals advertisement, there's something about kind of like the, the intimacy of romance that something that's like a gradient or shouty or bouncy or throbbing or rotating or whatever just kind of like spoils the whole thing, right? And it, yeah. And it feels too much like sales and not enough like romance. Yeah. It's like a pop-up ad of a person. Oh, gosh. It kind of does feel like a pop-up ad. Yeah. It's like you're just, you got, you're on night shift. You got your brightness down. You're like half watching Gossip Girl out of the corner of your eye, swiping on Tinder. This is what I do every night of my life. Swiping on Tinder and then all of a sudden it's like, boom, like that. No. Well, this was also another question I had. I know obviously you said, okay, keep it 
clearly uses an algorithm and surfaces people. And we live in New York, so there's a lot of people here. But eventually, isn't everyone going to surface for you? Like, there's not an infinite number of people in the dating app world. Hypothetically, if you were to swipe on enough thousands of people, eventually you'll go through everyone, which kind of highlights a different problem of, like, if you're on an app where you're doing swiping and you're going through people one at a time, eventually you've gone through, like we're talking about, you have this line of people and you put the best option up front. It actually means that every time you swipe, the next choice should be a little bit worse of an option. And so the longer you're on like an app, the worse the options get. And so you'll see actually like Tinder, Bumble, OkCupid, we all do recycling. So if you've passed on someone, eventually someone you've already said no to is probably a much better option than someone who's a thousand or 10,000 people down the line, right? Like mm. eventually you run out of all the people who are like on your same political team and think the same way you do and are active users and are good message senders. And now you're just left with all these people who are like your your personal anti-hero or something. You're much better off actually going back through the list of people you, you started with. Okay, so that oh explains gosh. why I frequently <laughs> on Tinder see are am served the profiles of people I've already matched with, gone on dates with, and unmatched. Uh, interesting. Is that supposed to happen on purpose? Because it is messing with my brain. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nick, okay, you are is. great. Thank you so much for dealing with us and answering our questions. Was there anything we didn't talk about that you wanted to put out there? Yeah, I guess the only thing I'd say about the super like research-wise, the thing Tinder is working on is like, if you super like someone, what's the increased likelihood that you're going to get a right swipe back? And they make some claim about it. So the thing we looked into was, well, what is it you can do to express interest in someone that gives you like the best chance back? And in addition to that, uh, the other thing is about women making the first move. And really, whoever makes the first move, of course, is improving their odds significantly, whether it's a like or a message. But it's particularly for women. If women make the first move, so sending the first message, they're 20% more likely to go on a date on OkCupid than ones who don't. So that is, okay. To the victor go the spoils. This is interesting though because I I used dating apps before I was dating someone, and I still believe that even if I sent the first message, I feel like that would do nothing for me. I really, in my heart, believe that the guy will message you if he's interested. Okay, I just I, believe it. I'm going on a date today after work with someone I messaged first. So you're so you. bold. Today. Yeah. Maybe it's just me. Maybe <laughs> it's just my face. I don't know, guys. We'll, we'll send over the numbers after. I think this is another thing. You, you have a small sample size, right? Even if you sent dozens of messages and then some fraction of those get replies back, uh, unless you can zoom out and look at the total like macro view of, okay, here's a woman who's sending first messages. Here's a woman who isn't sending first messages. What's the ratio of like right swipes and left swipe, swipes and messages being sent and received and something we call a four-way, which is not a position, but is a conversation that changes like uh, guy talks to girl, she replies, he replies, she replies, you know, going back and forth four ways. That's, that's like a really key metric for us. Like that is the beginning of a conversation that correlates to exchanging contact info. So, you know, here's my phone number. Here's like my handle on, on social media or something. Wait, Tinder tracks when people give over their cell phone numbers? Everyone tracks everything. What? <laughs> Tinder's going to think I have n no self-control or security measures. <laughs> I was just like, oh, texting and this is hard. <laughs> Google reads your mail. You're the product yeah. on Facebook. I mean, we're all pretty comfortable with this uh, trade-off now, right? Wow. Okay, wait. This is my other okay. question now. Is New York just like 
a death zone for dating? Like, have you studied across the country slash world and just realized that New York is just like, it's not going to happen for anyone in New York ever? Uh, There's a really neat entry on our blog, actually, where we compare the different sort of pockets of dating behavior and uh, how they separate geographically. Oh, come on. Can you just tell us? Give me a thumbs up, thumbs down on New York so I know whether to go home and kill myself. Oh, my God. I'm just kidding. Well, two particularly interesting examples are New York and San Francisco, where women outnumber men in New York and men significantly outnumber women on San Francisco. So the dynamics of dating do change, and you can actually measure like the the difference in relative attractiveness between the genders based on the availability of the gender they're after. Mm, So probably in New York, more than elsewhere, women should be making the first move to negate the fact that there's um, not enough men. It's crazy that romance slash dating is really just statistics. Like, I feel like if I had enough access to data and I was actually good at math, I could maybe game the system. Uh, There's a guy who claims he hacked OkCupid because he's like, I answered the questions in a certain way and all this stuff. And uh, he married a woman off OkCupid, and we're we're really happy about that. Um, (laughs) But the funny thing is that that woman made the first move. So I was like, wait a second. You're telling me, you're like, oh, yeah, I have a PhD in math. I hacked OkCupid. I'm, like, in charge. I'm like, no, you're not. That woman just saw you and sent you a message. Like, OkCupid is actually working exactly as intended. (laughs) That's amazing. Awesome. Okay. Well, now I think we can actually wrap this up. Yeah. You've answered these questions I've had, these burning questions about dating apps. Yes. Thank you so much for listening to all these questions, which ranged from insightful to very dumb. My our, pleasure. No, our, <laughs> our, question, our questions, not your answers. All of your answers were very insightful. Thank you, Nick. My opinion on Super Likes has not changed, but my opinion on Tinder is vastly different than it was, you know, yesterday. But before I knew that I can get down to the bottom of the pile and I can get burnt out and I can have no choices left in this world. The conversation also reconfirmed my belief in that. I'm just going to keep saying this. Like, the super like isn't going to help your odds. I don't think it will. And he didn't seem to be going against that. I mean, granted, they don't use the super like. I can see where he's saying a message might help you because it's a little more personal. Whereas the super like feels it, like you said, it feels like a pop-up ad because I think it breaks the algorithm. Yeah. But also, I mean, at the same time, like the, by the end of that conversation, like our outlook on the dating realities of the city we live in were so bleak. It's like, why the hell not throw out a super like, you know, you got nothing to lose. (laughs) That's true. At the end of the day, these are just apps, virtual humans. You literally have nothing to lose because you literally have nothing. We're going to end on that. (laughs) We are absolutely going to end on that. Okay. Well, if you have any more burning questions about how to use your apps, how to behave inside your cell phone, not that we really have the answers, but we're happy to talk about them with you, um, hit us up. Yeah. You can reach me, Ashley Carmen, at Ashley R. Carmen on Twitter. I'm at K-A-I-T underscore Tiffany on Twitter. All right. Well, as you all are well aware, you have found our podcast somewhere out there in the internet, but it'd be really great for me and Caitlin if you would go onto Apple's podcast app and throw us a rating. Pretty sure that's one of the only places you can review a podcast. So, you know, if you wanted to give us a a little review, that'd be cool. Give us like five stars, maybe, I don't know, maybe four. We know there's room 
to grow. We're new. Um, this is the only place I think ever that that Ashley and I are going to ask you for your opinions on us as human beings. Um, <laughs> we will read them too. Yeah. Uh, so tell us what you think about this podcast, but also if you have burning questions about the choices that you've made around technology and you want us to discuss them, drop us a line and we'll yeah we'll, put we'll in the review. It. We're going to check those out and. Yeah, thank you for helping us. And thanks for listening. See you next week. It's a it's a group effort mm-hmm. to understand how to be alive <laughs> in the modern age. <laughs>